Welcome to MotivationAddict.com with Julie Salon. This is where you will find inspiring stories on how to motivate yourself and gain momentum towards success, turning fear into confidence, and how to find divine flow, allowing you to crush your goals. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Hey everyone, Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. Today I am super psyched to talk to Rachel Augusta. She is the modern day Dr. Doolittle. I met Rachel at the New Media Summit and Rachel works with animals who are sick and injured, have terminal illnesses, or they suffer from trauma due to previous abuse. And in addition to working privately with her patients, she runs a unique membership site where women and their fur babies in all stages of health have community and support because research proves that animals take on the stress of their human guardians. And this usually leads to illnesses in the animal's body. And it's her belief that someone who heals themselves heals their fur family. And Rachel's business has been featured in the best-selling Hay House published book, Women Rocking Businesses. She's been interviewed by International Animal Protection Organization in Defense of Animals and Truth Cat Radio. And because of her activism, she was interviewed by the New York Times, CNN, BBC. She was on the cover of People magazine in July of 2015. She's an amazing person. I just love Rachel. We connected on an emotional, uh, spiritual level as well because our energy is very similar. And because I'm a communicator and Rachel, we just love animals. Uh, She's just an awesome, groovy girl. I mean, you're going to love this interview, honestly. Um, We get down and we get real and we talk about our animals, how she heals them, uh, and how you can actually talk with your animals and heal your animals. And I just love Rachel. So I'm loving this. She's the modern-day Dr. Doolittle. Um, and she's an amazing person. So let's get to it. Love you, Rachel, and can't wait for you guys to hear this one. Hey, everyone. Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. I am super, super excited today. I have Rachel Augusta with us. I met her at the New Media Summit. She's an awesome person. I'm going to tell you why. Just a brief little bit about her. She does work with animals, so super psyched about that. Um, especially animals that are sick, injured, and have terminal illnesses or suffer from trauma due to previous abuse. Um, And I'm just reading here because I want to make sure I get this right. So it's her belief that a woman who heals herself heals her fur family, if I'm saying that right. And her business is featured in Hay House. She's been published. She's in Women Rocking Business. She's been interviewed by International Animal Protection Organization in Defense of Animals. I support them too, by the way. And Truth Cat Radio, um, she's been everywhere. She's been New York Times, CNN, BBC. She's on the cover of People Magazine in July 2015. And you're going to see very quickly why I love her so much and what she does. So welcome, Rachel. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Julie. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Today. I know, me too. I'm so happy we got to do this. So welcome to the show. I'm psyched that you're here. Can you tell us, I know I read a brief bio, but can you tell us a little bit about what you do from your perspective? Yeah, I, um, thank you. And I, basically what I do is help the animal's brain and body start working together so that they can heal instead of, you know, the opposite where it's working against each other. And that's how we build up immune systems and get them to on the road to recovery. So this work, do you do it long distance or do you have to be in front of the animal? How does that actually work when a client calls you and says, um, I think there's something wrong with my dog? 
Yes, I do both um, in-person and distance sessions. I have clients actually all over the world. And so um, I don't need to be in the room with the animal. Um, but if someone's local to me, I will do an in-person session. Have you always had this gift? I mean, how did you realize that you had this special gift? Yeah, uh, people ask me that a lot because they just assume that as a child, I, you know, knew that I wanted to work with animals and I was born this, you know, indigo child with these gifts. And, unicorn. <laughs> yeah, I, I was born a unicorn. <laughs> I think I need a t-shirt that says that. Um, no, but that's actually not true at all. I, um, I actually was in the process of becoming a a manufacturer for women's clothing. And what happened was my sole companion, Kitty, Holly, um, at the age of 17 became really, really ill. And because of her age and because she's a cat, you know, uh, the Western medical world just didn't support that. And the vet basically said, she's old, she's had a good life, she's gonna die soon. And that answer really just wasn't good enough for me. And I wasn't expecting for them to come up with some sort of miraculous cure for her, but I was expecting more than what was being offered, which was literally nothing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what I did was I, um, I, I think it was in that moment when the vet was saying, there's nothing we can do. I had this, I heard this voice that was me that said, me, it has to be me. I have to be the person to support her medically. And so I, um, I, the next day, a friend of mine emailed me and said, have you heard of the school? It's called Healing Touch for Animals. And you know, you know, when you're like, the universe is working with you, like, yeah. why would my friend send me a mess. She had no idea at that point that Holly was sick and had been diagnosed with anything. I was working to become a clothing manufacturer. Why would she send me a link to a school that shows you how to work with animals like the next day? Impeccable timing. Impeccable timing. It was the universe saying, we're going to open up the doors for you. When I said me, it has to be me. The universe was like, yeah, it is going to be you actually. And so I, I enrolled in, uh, like within a month, I was studying with Healing Touch for Animals, which is a school that's based in Colorado, but they just happened to be teaching classes in Minnesota at the U of M. And so within a month, I was learning how to trigger her immune system. And, um, and you know, and the thing about it is, is that I was racing time. Yeah. I knew that she was really sick. So I didn't have the luxury of um, wondering if I was doing the right thing. Yeah. I just had to like jump in and trust. Yeah. And that's what happened. So Holly was really my first patient, but I, you know, since I've worked with thousands, but it really started with her and it was for her and it was never my intention for this to become my job, actually. Wow. It was just that I'm connected with so many people who know animals. I'm an animal rights activist. So all of my friends and family could see the benefits of what was happening with Holly. So they started, you know, like literally showing up on my doorstep with their bunnies and their cats and their dogs. They're like, help my animal, help my animal. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, I, I actually think this is my job. They think yeah. this is my job. Yeah. yeah. 
So do you get, because I totally, um, again, we're on the same wavelength so much of the time because I heard the horses really early, but I didn't put it together because I thought, well, I'm supposed to go the traditional route and I'm supposed to be in a nine to five cubicle, which I hated. And I just kind of always think your ego mind comes into this. Like, is that really them or is that me? Am I saying that to myself and all that stuff? So it is kind of like you have to jump in and trust yourself and trust the universe that they're the next step, even though you can't see it, is going to be there and it will be there. You have to step out first. And that yeah. sounds like exactly what happened with your cat. Yeah. Do you, the healing touch, do you get, how do you heal them? Is it, is it um, like Reiki, like energy work, or is it images and thoughts from them? What does that look like? Yep. So healing touch for animals is an energy school. It has its, there's healing touch for humans and healing touch for animals and healing touch for humans is actually used in hospitals and HTA is used in conjunction with veterinary and is often used in vet clinics and there are vet technicians and veterinarians who know about it. It is energy, but it's not Reiki. So um, they have their own protocols. They have protocols for cancer. They have protocols for um, trauma for you know different diseases or ailments in the body they have very specific protocols okay and what it essentially is honestly is getting the getting like triggering the physiological relaxation response in the body and so what this is the physiological relaxation response you know and for people who are like i don't believe in energy medicine <laughs> I'm like, I, don't, I don't believe in that i don't believe in that i'm like you know, you don't believe in the physiological relaxation response? And, you know, they're like, wait, what? And, you know, and I've even had vets and, you know, doctors say, I don't believe in that. And then when you talk them through the physiological relaxation response, they're like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I do believe in that. I'm like, of course you believe in that because it's proven science. So when we are in pain, we can't heal. Um, that's why if you go to the doctor with a broken arm or a broken leg or, you know, a wound of some sort, they're going to ask you what your pain level is. Um, they're not asking this because they are like, Oh, I just want to know how much pain you're in. They're, they're asking because you can't heal if you're in pain. So that's why they say on a scale of one to 10, what's your pain level? And if you say I'm at a two, they're going to give you an Advil. And if you say I'm at a 10, they're going to give you a Percocet. Right, Because what they need to happen is they need your brain to release a chemical, an endorphin, serotonin, that's going to relax your muscles. And when you relax the muscles, your blood becomes oxygenated. And when your blood's oxygenated, your body can absorb nutrients more efficiently from food, from medication. Yep. Your stomach starts creating enzymes. Your hormones regulate. Your body detoxes, and it builds up your immune system, which allows for new cell growth. So that's what I do, and I do that by getting the body to relax. So we can do that with touch, by holding on to them, with energy, with tuning forks, with really calming therapeutic essential oils, and really a combination of all of those things. Um, do I get messages from the animals? Yeah, I do. Um, it's not something that I really advertise a lot because – I really try and stick more to the medical. Um, when people come to me, they don't come to me because with their animals who are really sick, they don't come because they're like, I want a celestial chakra healing for my animal. They're like, you're my last resort. Western medicine can't help me. 
And so I really try and stick to the medical, but a lot of times the animal will tell me where in the body it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, where I'll be able to feel it's in their back or their kidney. Um, I could feel something going on in the neck a lot of times. And then that can be really helpful. For example, um, I actually just worked with a cat a couple months ago who wasn't walking, was dealing with paralysis. The vets thought it was neurological, but in order to, um, you know, prove that it's neurological, it would have cost thousands of dollars, put the senior cat through hell, yeah. you know, maybe it was killed him at, you know, at a certain point because of it. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't neurological. I could feel something going on in his neck. And so we did work to bring pain relief in the neck and he's walking and he's fine. It was never neurological. Wow. And so that's where that's really helpful. That's super helpful. So you said two things that are really important. So I just broke my toe last week. Hard, not fun. Broken toes are horrible. Sucks. Nothing you can do yeah. about it. There's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Like, they can't, you can't put a cast on your toe. <laughs> so. and, I, and I can't even wear, uh, like, I, I mean, I can wear my flip-flops, and that's yeah. it, because anything on top, like, even my sneakers. But you're right. When you're in that much pain, you can't even think straight. And yeah. I feel like all your body's trying to do is heal that part of you, and you're very angry, and, and um, because you're hurt, you're in pain. So yeah. you have to come down from that ledge and then your body can start to deal with it. But the other part is, um, so I have elderly animals as well. My, one of my cats is 20 years old and I have a dog that's 13 and he's been having a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's losing his back end and we're trying to make him comfortable, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, he has good days and bad days, just like a 90 year old would. Right. Right. But I feel like um, what you're saying is that you can ease their pain and make them comfortable, especially if they are nearing the last stages of their life. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, people ask me a lot, well, what can you do for a dying animal? It's like pain relief. Yeah. Yeah, pain relief is huge. If you can get somebody... Um, to like a senior, if they, if you can keep it, keep it so that they're eating, they're going to the bathroom and they're sleeping, you're doing them a great favor. Yeah. And sometimes it's not about curing. You can't cure age. Right. But you can make their, their time here really comfortable and really happy so that it's not a long drawn out painful last few years for them. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's what everybody wants. That's what I would think everybody would want as a pet owner. And I don't have any kids. These are my kids. Yeah. They are your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I just want them to be happy. Like you said, if they're doing those things and they're eating and they're going outside and they're doing their business and they can sleep and they're, I just want them comfortable. Yeah. Because it's not fair for them to be in such pain where they, he had a day where he was in so much pain that he couldn't even, he couldn't eat because he was in so much pain. He couldn't walk. I mean, it was, we were really scared that was the day, but yeah. that's what happens. They just get overloaded. And then it's like, you're kind of thrown into this traumatic because they're in trauma now. It's, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. So I'm thinking that you're keeping animals not only happier, but out of that trauma zone. Yeah. If you will, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and there are times where things are definitely curable. I mean, I've had a lot of clients with um, cats and dogs and horses and sugar gliders and bunnies who, you know, had 
cancer and we went into remission with it. When you can get the brain and the body to communicate um, in a way that you want it to, that's when miracles happen. And so we've had, you know, I'll tell you, a dog came to me that freak accident turned his neck at dog park and like pinched a nerve in his back and they brought him to the vet because he, he lost control. He couldn't walk, but he's, he was only three years old, three-year-old oh. Weimaraner. This okay. is actually very common with dogs, by the way, where they'll turn their neck and then all of a sudden, just like us, where it's like, oh my God, I'm, I pinched a nerve in my back. I can't move. This happens with dogs all the time. So he pinched a nerve. The vet said, well, put him in a corner, rope him off, don't let him walk, and then hopefully it'll come back. Well, after two weeks, it didn't. They went back to the vet and there was so much muscle degradation that the vet suggested they euthanize him now. And so this dog, but the woman's like, but he smiles. He looks at me. He's like, everything's okay, except from here to here. So by the time they heard about me and what I do, this dog had been paralyzed for three months. Oh my gosh. And she couldn't euthanize him because he was totally alert and smiled. He just couldn't walk. He's still there. Yeah. So we, you know, so I just assumed I was like, okay, well I know when I've had a pinched nerve in my back, it has really hurt because I've had it happen before. And so we just focused on pain relief in the neck and the back. And within, after two sessions, within a week, he was walking. Wow. And so that is the power, the power of pain relief. And so this was a dog that was completely paralyzed. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because a lot of times senior animals, you know, they have arthritis, they have different things. There are some things you can do that can get them back to where they were, not back to like puppy, right? Get them back to feeling like, oh, good. I can walk around. And, you know, and so obviously, you know, that's where my private sessions would come in. But there's other things that people can do that are really helpful that don't require private sessions like um, CBD oils. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of CBD oils. And the reason why is because CBD oils trigger endorphins and serotonin in the brain, which take the animal through that physiological relaxation response that I described. Mm -hmm. And so people will often see them bounce back just by adding CBD to their diet. Yeah, I've tried that. I had a good response in the beginning and then not so great afterwards. Um, but I'm still kind of unsure as to how you work. So if I called you for my cookie and he's here in Myrtle Beach and you're there in Minnesota, I how do you link up with the animal through the phone? And I've never understood this, so yeah. let me know. <laughs> Let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, Cause I'm sure yeah. listeners would love to know that too. Oh, totally. It's, you want to know, it is, um, one of the weirdest things. I mean, I was, even when I first started being trained how to do this, I was like, do I believe that this is working? <laughs> do I actually believe in this? And, um, and it was so like weird to me. I ended up like diving into the science behind it. And, you know, um, Einstein actually described it. It boils down to quantum physics and Einstein described it as spooky things at a distance. And I was like, Oh, if that's Einstein's best description, (laughs) how am I going to beat that? And so, um, I'm not a genius. So, but I, so this is how I understand it. Um, you have a TV and a remote, 
and you can click the remote and it turns on the TV. But neither of those two things are connected. How does that work? Okay. It's energy. Yeah. And, you know, and we can't see it with the physical eye, but we are connected. There's an entanglement between us. And so it's kind of like when I work with somebody on the other side of the world, I'm just like turning on the remote control and connecting to them. And, you know, and, and the thing is about quantum physics is that even if I was really great at explaining it, it would require somebody totally understanding the concept of quantum physics, which I get it to a level, but then I don't. And a lot of it just takes trust um, in the same way that I don't really understand how my cell phone can call somebody in India. Like I, I get it to a certain level, but I can't actually explain it to you. I re I understand that when I turn on the lights in my house, I understand, but I don't really understand how that works. Like it, it, there is a level there that I'd even be able to explain to people, but right. it's, you know, it is hard to understand. It is confusing. It creates a ton of skeptics, myself included. I totally get it. But what I think happens is then people see it and they experience it. And then you're like, I don't know how that works, but something happened. You know, I actually was working with a dog in Italy. It was the middle of the night there. And, um, so they couldn't bring the dog to the vet and he went into cardiac arrest <gasps> and this woman in Italy called me because it was still working hours for me. And I, I did a distance session and he came out of cardiac. She's, and she's like, I knew the minute you connected to him because his breathing completely changed and they brought him to the vet the next day. And the vet was like, yeah. I don't know, something happened and the dog was fine after that, never experienced it again. And so that was kind of my, like, I guess this works. <laughs> like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know what's going on, but that's actually how I've ended up having a lot of clients in Europe is because actually our hours are off. So if their vets aren't in, they will call the United States. And so, because we're still up when they're right. there. And so I've helped a lot of animals that way. And then they brought them into the vet the next day in the vet. I, there was a bunny actually at a bunny sanctuary in England that I uh, worked with that was having heart problems. And the vet was like amazed at how quickly the medicine worked wow. um, because of the physiological, the physiological relaxation response was triggered in the bunny. And the vet was like, wow. This is, there's something going on here. They don't normally respond as quickly to medication. Yeah. And it, was that, it was that relaxation response happening in the body. But to answer your question, it is quantum physics. And, but it's a really hard, complicated, difficult uh, topic. And um, I just watched recently a documentary on Netflix called Heal. Oh, my sister told me about that. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And there's some really great uh, doctors in that documentary that I like to follow. Um, Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, Bruce Lipton. He is a researcher. He was one of the main researchers or the, the first researcher with stem cell research. And, um, and he talks about it as well. And he explains it in a way that um, makes it a little bit easier to understand. I feel like um, for me, when I can understand the horses and the dogs and the cats, I guess I think of it as I'm tuning into their frequency. So the mm -hmm. same thing that you were kind of saying, we're all on different frequencies. 
and you're kind of tuning in so you can understand, just like you said with the TV, that makes perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the amazing things, I'm actually following the Broken Brain too right now. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No, what's that? It's fascinating. It's all about the brain and how the brain works. But I also do follow the HeartMath Institute and the, they're figuring out now, backed by science, that the heart ha runs the show, not your brain. So basically, yeah. when your heart broken, that's a real thing. You can die from having a broken heart. Yep. In elderly people all the time, the, the one dies and then the other one passes away. Yeah. But the most important part is that the heart has over 100 times electromagnetic field reach than your brain. And so if you think about this to the listeners, when you're with your pet, you're bumping up against their electromagnetic field and they're bumping up against yours. Yeah. So your heart is paramount in the process of healing them. And I wanted to ask you, because I always, I always think of this myself, is do, take, do pets take on human emotions if you're sick or if you have a migraine, if you're anxiety-ridden or frustrated or stressed out all the time? Mm -hmm. they take on your emotions or try to protect you from your emotions? Yes, they do. Um, you know, this is something that I think anybody who works with animals knows because yeah. you see it. Yeah. Um, you see it with the animal. You can see it with the human. You know, like oftentimes when I work with animals who are really super sick, there's something going in the house that's really, emo there's an emotional trauma happening in the house. Um, maybe like someone was diagnosed, a human was diagnosed with breast cancer and everybody is grieving this human, this woman who has breast cancer and all of a sudden their dog gets really sick Yeah. or, um, you know, the heartbroken, let's go to that. You yeah. know, they are going through a divorce or, you know, a split of some sort and there's a lot of emotional turmoil and then the animals end up with cancer. Yeah. It's really common to happen. And it's something, like I said, if somebody works with animals, they see it, yeah. you start to see the patterns. Um, but there's research now to back this up. So um, we've known for a long time that dogs and other animals can smell fear. Yep. Um, we know that animals can smell diabetes. We know that animals can smell cancer. We know this. And but we kind of thought that was where it ended, that they could smell those emotions on us. But there's research out of Naples, Italy, actually, that um, proves that not only do animals smell our emotions, they can um, feel them with us. So if, you know, I'm in a constant state of anxiety, my animal's going to be feeling anxiety as well. But why is this important? Because if I'm in a constant state of anxiety, my body is creating chemicals. My brain is creating chemicals to match that. So, you know, um, if I'm, you, your fight or flight response is triggered, right? You have cortisol moving yep. through your body. Cortisol, a buildup of cortisol. I mean, cortisol is really harmful to Not the good. body. And so you have maybe a lot of cortisol, your body starts developing tumors, tumors turn into cancer. Well, the same is true for your animal. So let's say you have a dog or cat or some other sort of animal living in the house with you, and you're constantly in a state of depression, your body's creating a chemical for that, and your, and your animal's body is also creating a chemical to match your chemical. 
So you're both getting sick together. Wow. You're both, yeah, that dis ease is creating disease in both of you. Um, which is why it would explain that if somebody's going through a divorce, all of a sudden their dog has cancer. So how can we protect them from that besides changing our vibrational state? Is there, are there other things that we can do to give them an easier time of it? Yes. Yes. There's, there's a few things we can do. And so what I say to people is like, let's get the stinky stuff out of your house. <laughs> And you're the stinky stuff. No. Um, so it's, I, I like to think of it as our personal perfume. And so it's being mindful of your personal perfume. Um, so do you smell like joy or do you smell like depression? Mm. And, but you know, let's be honest, bad things are going to happen. We can't prevent that. We can't, we can't hunker down and, you know, put a wall around our heart and say, I will never feel anything. Like, <laughs> It's going to happen. Bad things are going to happen and we're going to feel bad. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple of things that we can do. And so um, self-care is huge. And like, you know, taking care of yourself, taking baths, eating healthy food, connecting with friends. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually, I've had a lot of people ask me this question, like, but what can we do? What can we do to prevent this? And it's like, I don't know. I'm just a human and I'm screwing things up. <laughs> but, but what I think is that instead of letting our animals mirror us, we should be mirroring them. Right. They are, our, they are the best teachers. Yeah, they are. You yep. know, what, what do our animals teach us? They, they teach us, what do they want? How do they, if, if we were to just decide, like say to my cat, what do you want to do today? You know what she'd say? I think we should make muffins. I totally think we should snuggle. I want to go for a walk around the lake. I think we should pull out all the sparkly balls and have a dance party and get really like crazy with our zoomies. And, you know, if we were living that way as humans, we would be so much happier. Yeah, we would. And so, you know, really it's like, they're the best teachers. So I actually really try and, you know, allow my cat sugar pants. When she comes up to me and is like, I really want to play in the past. I've been like, no, no, I'm working. I have important work to do in the world. I have important work to do. And I'm like, no, that is important work. Yeah. Like, playing is my important work in the world. Right. Right. And so I think, you know, the more we can connect with people like you and I connecting, you know, at new media summit being like, Oh my God, I love you. I love you too. I just need to like hold you and hug you because I'm meeting one animal lover. And, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that is part of the power. It's, it's going, Oh my gosh, there's somebody else in the world that loves animals and, and can work with them in the same way that I do with that. Oh, that feels really good. Yeah. And instead of isolating, um, but you know, the thing is we are going to have these emotions, but it's like, set yourself up, be mindful of it. And it's okay to have these emotions. Just don't live there. Right. You know, like get through it, get overcome it. And, you know, and, and however it is that you need to do that. Like I personally, I use therapeutic grade essential oils every day, um, to help calm me. If I'm fe having like feeling really stressed. I go to a bottle of lavender, you know, and I try and calm down and I, and there's things that I do. I take, I take salt baths three to four times a week. Yeah. Um, I try and connect with friends. I, I dance to the Ramones. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll turn it on in my apartment and I'll, and I'll dance to music because there you all, go. Yeah. All of those things are really like healing for me. 
and but we're all different so you know I think we're all different but we're not all so different that it's like you have to reinvent the wheel yeah I think that we're all connected I'm sure you believe that too Mm -hmm. I I do think that they are the master teachers that's what I call them Mm -hmm. they're in the present so when we're with them we're probably either behind thinking about the crappy day we had or we're ahead two days because we're thinking oh I have to do something important and I'm nervous about it um and they're present and being mindful is a huge huge thing this year and my other question is what about you do you get their emotions back to you is that why you have to do so much grounding because you're kind of going the opposite way so they're taking on the you know emotions of the people that they're with but you are going into the sick animal and now helping and to get rid of those you're pulling those yucky stuff out so is that why you need to ground yourself so you can get it out of you as well right yeah you know honestly people are just like oh you're so lucky you work with you know cats and dogs and animals that's so lucky and i'm like Okay, well, first of all, luck had nothing to do with it. I had to, I had to lose my soul companion and this is really hard work, but I do, I am grateful that I get to work with animals, but I'm not working with kittens and puppies. I'm working with really sick animals. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of depression. You know, there's, we have, you know, the humans, like I spend a lot of my day on the phone with sobbing humans because they're distraught they they're losing the the, their fur baby yeah their soul companion the love of their life yeah and so this is can be very sad 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 work and you know i've had months where four or five of my clients die and i just i'm like i i gotta yeah i gotta go in because this is because i form these deep relationships with them too and I'm right. sure you know this being a communicator, you get to know these people, these yeah. cats, dogs, horses on a deep level. Yeah. And when they don't make it, it's very depressing. Very um, it's very difficult. And one thing I don't think I fully addressed with your last question either is like, what can we do? And I think you'll, you'll appreciate this being a communicator is telling the animal, talking them through it. Like I'm going through a bat, I'm going through this thing and it's, it's hard on me emotionally, but I don't want you to take this on. This isn't yours. This isn't you. This is me. This is a part of my like spiritual process. Right. And I'm becoming stronger for it. But the best way you can support me is by just being here. Yeah. And, and being healthy and being happy. So the more you play and the happier you are, the quick, more quickly I will heal. Right. And, you know, and that's one thing too is, like I teach this to people who have um, support animals, therapy animals, when they go into hospitals, like tell the animal it's not their job to cure the person dying and to not take on those emotions. Like they're just there to be there, to be right. perfect. Right. No, I totally get that. And that's a huge part of it. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that talking to the animal so that they understand what's going on is huge. Yeah. You may not think they understand, but trust me, they will understand your vibration and your energy that you're sending to them mm-hmm. out of the anguish or the anxiety or the frustration. They will get the, you are okay. And I just need you to be you. And then yeah. I'll just do my, this is just part of my journey and separate the two if possible. Right. And it's all about being congruent because to an animal, someone being incongruent is really makes them wonder what in the world's going on. 
So if they see, if you're almost crying, you're having a terrible day, and then you're trying to be like, oh, hi, kitty, how are you today? They know that that's really not happening. Oh, it cracks me up. Right? It cracks, yeah, it cracks me up when people are like, they'll whisper to me what's happening in their life or to their animal. And, and while the animal is like in the other room, they'll be like, tip, tip, tip. and I'm like, why are you whispering? <laughs> they, they know everything. And the thing is, is, you know, humans, when we talk or think we create images Yeah. and, and the animals see those images. And so it's like, I don't care if your animal's on a walk outside playing, like there, there are no secrets. Yeah. And so, um, you, you can't hide secrets. You can't, like, you, you know, if you were diagnosed with cancer, you could lie to your friends about it, your human friends, but not your animal companion. Nope, 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 nope. You know, they know, they can smell it, they can feel it, they can hear it, they can see it, they are connected to it. So they just know. Yeah. And so the best thing you can do is talk them through that. Yeah, and they're connected to you, obviously, once you've developed a bond with them. I'm going to ask you, I'm just going to throw you a curveball right now, which you'll probably understand within two seconds. So my cat that I told you is 20 or 21 years old, he's actually, I have come to know that he rescued me. I know you hear this probably a lot. They rescue us. We don't rescue them. All my animals are rescues. But I've come to understand that he's actually my guardian through life. And do you ever get that from animals that they are kind of like, I'm this person's guardian, man. I got this. Like, this is my job. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, not all animals. Yes. Oh my God. I love talking to you. This is so much fun. Um, so yeah, animals, they're not, but, but not all are guardians. Not all. Not, no. Yeah. And, and like, you've had other animals who were like, I'm not your guardian. Yeah. You know, and I'm your so, buddy. <laughs> I'm your buddy. I'm this, I'm that. Yeah, definitely. Like Holly, my soul companion who got me into this work, she was my teacher. Yeah. And like, I can look back now and go, oh my God, she taught me. She's the one who was like taking me by the shoulders and forcing me into action. This was always a part of my path, but I, it took her and it took her to like really get sick to throw me into action. Yeah. And I don't know where I'd be had she not done that for me. And, but you know, Sugar Pants, the cat I have now, she's not my teacher. She is my joy. Oh. I mean, I, well, I'd say she is my teacher, but in a different way. She teaches me to play. She teaches me about joy. She te- teaches me about laughter. I laugh because people will come over and I always know when someone's sad because she's on them. Like, on them, attached to them. And so I will know right away it, you know, this goes back to humans don't know Jack about what's going on, but your animals do. Yeah. Yeah. So like people come over, I've had a party where there's 10, 15 people here and whoever she's like on, I can tell like, Oh, they're really sad. I would only know that because she lets on and then they've end up saying to me, wow, I really needed her on me. I'm going through something really sad and it really helped me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, but she never does that for me. I can be sobbing. I can be crying. And she's like, you're good. You're fine. But what she tries to do is get me to play. Yeah. So if I'm in a place of sadness, she ramps up her play. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh my gosh, she's teaching me. And it goes back to that, like, don't live in that place. And that's what she's been teaching me is like, find your joy. Let's yeah. turn on the Ramones. Let's dance. Like, yeah. let's, let's play. Let's get the zoomies together, Rachel. This is what you need. And it is completely what I've needed. So with you saying your, your companion is your guardian, I'm like, wow. Yeah. 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 What they, you know, what they choose to be for you. 
And, you know, and a lot of times when there's behavioral, and I'm putting that in quotations, behavioral problems in the house, it's because the animal hasn't really been allowed to, to step into that role. Mm. Have you noticed that in your communication? Yes, I have. I have. That role in their house has been ignored. So a lot of the times the humans either not listening or they don't get it, obviously. And we're the bridge. That's why I always think of myself as the bridge between the two and you, you as well. Yeah. If the human is not listening or doesn't understand. And a lot of times that I can't put the blame on the human because they just don't, they don't get it. Um, or they're just not listening because they're too busy up here in their head. Mm -hmm. Um, and that causes, that can cause anxiety in the animal. And they're frustrated because they're trying to do what they're meant to do, go down that joy path or go down that guardian path. And they're not something you're blocking them from mm-hmm. letting them take that role on, which they kind of, they were here to do. That's their what, purpose. That's their purpose. That's their and purpose. They yeah. all need a purpose. All yeah, exactly. We all need a purpose and um, we all need a purpose. It's important and it's important to celebrate that in them. And to thank them and be grateful for that and, um, and acknowledge that it's really helping you because like with sugar pants, I could definitely say like, oh my God, you're driving me crazy and you have behavioral problems. (laughs) You're knocking cups out of my hand, but it's not, she's, she's like, stop it. That, yeah. that boy that you're sad about is not worth it. And I'm like, you're right. He's yeah. totally not. And, um, you know, and she is, it's, I mean, it's like clockwork. If something's going on, she's like, okay, you need to get up and go take a walk. Like we need to go get outside right now. And so she has, she'll go get her stroller. She gets in it. She looks at the door, waits for me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's time for a stroller walk. And, but you know, people would be like, oh, they might call me and be like, my cat has behavioral problems. She won't let me work during the day. It's like, you're the one with the behavioral problems. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what else is really weird? A lot of times when I'm doing podcasts, if, if I let her in here, she'll sit up here behind me. She just kind of knows when I need a little support and yeah. they'll just be there for you. Or if you're in a lot of pain, they'll just be there for you. So, yeah. but for yeah. you, I think, and, and communicating too, you're taking on a lot and it is serious and it's a lot of heavy stuff. And you need that joy 50% as much as you do what you do because yeah. it's very heavy and serious. And like you said, not all the animals make it and you're just trying to make them comfortable and give them right. yeah. pain relief. And then you need that, you yourself need that joy just as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and the other thing too is like people will call for behavioral issues with their animals if their animals aren't getting along. And I'm curious to know if you've seen this, but for me, what I, what I, when I see this happen is when somebody brings a new animal to the house and then there's an upset where people, their roles, they're like, I thought I was the guardian and now (laughs) this dog wants to be the guardian and there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, and you know, and so this is like so important for people to know humans to know is like your animals have a role. They have a purpose when you, bring new people into the house, you know, cats or dogs or whoever, like you need to make sure everybody's very aware of their roles and you need to be aware of their roles. Right. And, you know, and because that's, what's going to keep everybody happy. Otherwise it's like having four office managers. 
Right, right. And you need to keep them, not only talk to them about it, but you need to let them know that this this new animal is not going to usurp their authority or take their place because right. they feel um, sometimes abandoned or, oh, is this the new guy? I, because I'm 20, you're getting a new little guy. Like, that's not fair. I've been here all this time. And you don't totally. want them. What you don't want is them to shut down. And they can shut down, especially if you bring a young one in, like a kitten or something or a puppy. And I get that we all want them, but um, like right now, I have a one or two cats that I could adopt, but I can't because I have these two, and I just, I just couldn't do it to my older guy because I think he would feel very sad, and um, I just feel like that would. He's very fragile right now, and that's another mm -hmm. thing. People need to understand that in these states, and especially as they get older, just like people, they become fragile. It's it's not just physical; it's emotional. Yes. They need you to keep up your end of the bargain. I guess that's what I'm saying. Does that, does totally. that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And to bring that back to health, you know, if let's say your older guy started feeling fragile or it was started feeling like, do you not love me as much? Yeah. Um, a chemical is, is really, so going back to the heart, Yeah. you know, a chemical is released from the brain and that chemical can either heal the body or harm the body. And that would be a chemical that would harm the body because what's going to happen is it's going to be released and it's going to attach to a protein. And over time they start to break down, break down the proteins and there's no new cell growth. And then the animals end up sick. And so the best thing you can do for animals is to keep them and yourself. I mean, humans are animals is to keep happiness. Like, Happiness, joy is joy. the ant antidote to disease. Yes. Yep. And so, you know, I always think, you know, people are like, I don't believe in this. It's like, well, it's epigenetics. Like we know that, I mean, we know that chemicals are released in the brain and that attach to the proteins in the body. We know that that's, that's a fact. So keeping your seniors feeling happy and loved is going to be great for their health. And wanted. And and yeah. wanted, yeah, yeah. And, and appreciated and loved. And it's like, you know, even if an animal's really sick, it's common for us to, like, let's say a dog, to not want them to go outside and not want them to play because they're sick. But it's like that will to live is huge. And so going back to animals that, you know, maybe aren't feeling wanted, that will to live might not be there. And will to live is huge with keeping your animals around. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you just have to be, you just have to remember that they're very smart. And for both of us, the good news is that a lot of these things that we're talking about are now being proven or have been proven by science. So yeah. this really isn't woo woo. And I understand that people sometimes say to both of us, as we were talking before we started taping that, um, you know, I don't believe in it. And I don't get it. And I used to get really offended by that. And then I realized that's not my job. My yeah. job is to be the bridge. And your job is to heal. We both heal in different ways. And the people that will get it will hear it and they'll understand. The people that don't, they won't. But what I'm trying to say is that a lot of this stuff has been backed by science. They just did last year um, a test on horses. And they showed them a picture of a person's face, either happy or sad. And behind that, they had the voice recording of either praising the animal or they would be um, yelling at them and scolding them. And 
that's where the incongruent piece came in when they were having a nice smiley face and then they were be, you know, scolding them. The, they looked at the picture 1.4 times longer and the speaker twice as long because they're trying to figure out, this doesn't make sense to me, what's going on here? But what I'm trying to say is that they remember, they understood facial recognition mm-hmm. and they do remember that. So even though they're in the present, they, they know you, you have a bond with them. They know when you're upset. They know what that looks like. They know when you're happy. They know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So we, they know what it smells like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so much to it. You know, honestly, it's like, it makes me think of, there's another documentary called uh, superior human question mark. And it's, and it's really <laughs> about like, it's, it's really good. And what it talks about really is like, you know, are we superior? This, these are the reasons why we think we are. And, but it's like, we're just different. But I think there's so much where we're like, oh my God, we just, we just found out animals have emotions. It's what? like, what? we just what? And it's like, okay, but that's where the study ends. No, it's like, we're constantly finding out more and more and more. And, you know, yes, they can smell our emotions. They can feel it. They're connected to us. They know us. They love us. You know, they're, you know, I guess one of the reasons too, people are like, well, how can, how come my dog can smell my emotions, but I can't smell like your emotions. And it's because um, of the olfactory bulb in our brain. Like humans have an olfactory bulb that has 10 million neuron receptors associated with smell. A cat has 80 million and a dog has 400 million. Wow. And so that's, you know, they smell it. And, but you know, it's not, one's not good or bad or one's better than the other. It just, it's just, they, they evolved that way because they needed it, you know, like, um, bears have, I think a billion neuron receptors in their brain associated with smell because they need to find berries and, you know, and so it's, they just evolved to have it. So it's like being mindful of, Oh, yep. You can smell this. You can smell disease. You can smell cancer. You can, you can smell these things in a way that I can't which I'm actually grateful for. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah, grateful totally. that my nose doesn't work like that. And, um, but there's so much about animals we don't know that, you know, it's like, you know, the facial recognition. They talk about that with crows too. Crows, yes. crows have facial, they, they can recognize your face and not just that, they're teaching it to their offspring for generations to come yep. of yep. who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's just really cool that it's being backed by science now because it's not so woo-woo and in the sky that people think, but they are all I, all I like to say is they're super smart. They're smarter than you know. They're smarter than you can believe. So they may not understand your exact words, but they definitely get your energy and they definitely know when you're upset or depressed or happy or joyful. So yes. I think the most important thing is once you have that connection to just keep it as strong as you can, like you said, play as much as possible. CBD oils everywhere. I mean, CBD I, oils everywhere. I'm telling yeah. you, it's like everywhere and I can buy it at the pet store and it's not that expensive. You can order it through Amazon. I have, um, and try it. They have, um, they have a listing for dogs, for cats, how much to use. You can start off really small, mm-hmm. uh, but it does help, especially the seniors mm-hmm. with arthritis get a yep. little bit more movement. Yeah. But I just, you're, you're doing, I know you're doing awesome work and I'm so grateful that I met you and I'm so grateful that 
you are kind of on this path because I think that you're just gonna, you're helping so many animals and people. And if you weren't doing this, imagine how many animals wouldn't be receiving your great guidance. So I am super, super thankful. So, so Rachel, I'm going to list all of Rachel's, um, all of her social media, her website. She does have an audio track on your website that's meant for animals to listen to. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that as well? I would love to. Yeah. So about three years ago now, I created an audio track for humans to listen to with their, with their animal companions. And it brings a lot of these things that we talked about together and it's free. It's a free gift um, from Holly, my soul companion, who is now on the other side. This was her whole idea. And so um, it's, it's words. It's basically really healing affirmations and words it's almost like a prayer of healing that you do with your animal. And, um, and the reason why I say the positive affirmations is because going back to our words are powerful. Yeah. And a lot of times when animals are sick, we focus on like them being sick and how they're not going to heal or they're dying. So what this audio track does is it flips your words around to talk about how beautiful they are and how sacred they are and how beautiful their body is. And it has binaural beats in the background, which are really good for your brain waves and create new cell regeneration. Okay. And then of course my super soft Minnesota voice. I don't actually, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, and then, and then I talk you through it. And so a lot of people download this track and they'll listen to it with their animals and, it has pulled animals out of like a peat in a PTSD trauma state where they were frothing at the mouth. Something bad happened. It was able to pull them out immediately. People listen to it during 4th of July fireworks when, yes. you, have, you know, stuff going on to calm their animals down. They've listened uh, to it with animals who were transitioning and getting ready to pass on. And it was their way of bonding with the animal. Wow. And then I have, yeah, I have people who just listen to it every single night with their animals as part of their family tradition which um i love hearing and so yeah you can download it it's free it's right on the home page it's called the antidote audio healing awesome awesome i love it i love it and you just mentioned something else before we go i want to make sure that i asked you because um i have seen on youtube where a woman was filming herself having a tourette's episode i don't know if you ever saw it but the dog she had a dog with her and yes. the dog was stopping her from hurting herself which was super yes. sad to watch but super empowering as well yes. but i often um equines work with folks who have had ptsd um, mm-hmm. a lot of women who have been abused and it's not just for you know those folks that are with autism or ms Because I think all of us are a little bit broken. Nobody's perfect, right? We all need help. So they can see this and sense it, as you said, before it happens. So if you're going into an episode, every time I see someone in the airport with, you know, a pet that's not, um, what do you call it? Not a companion pet, but, you know, their emotional support or a support animal. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a really good thing because is it a chemical that we that comes off of us before we go into like a PTSD episode. Mm-hmm. They smell. Yeah, they can smell. Yeah, exactly. So our chemicals change and they can smell it. Okay. And I think that also our energy body changes and they can feel it. We get yeah. some chaos in our, in our energy field and they're picking up and tapping into that as well. And, um, you know, there are some, some physical signs that 
might alert them so that they know immediately. But if people want to read more about that, there's an amazing book. I'm not sure if you've read it. It's called How Dogs Know When Their Owners Are Coming Home. And it's written by a scientist in England. And he talks about not just dogs, he talks about cats and everything else, everyone else as well. But, um, but he, he does a lot of research on this and proves it and goes into the science behind why as well. Cool. And has a lot of stories about dogs that saved people from committing suicide. They knew the dog knew that they were going to commit suicide or maybe a woman, there's a story in there. This woman was standing on a table. She was going to change the light bulbs in her house. And she started to like, she was going to go into, um, have an epilepsy, um, attack. And what happened was the dog knew before and took her by the pant leg and forced her off the table. And like 30 seconds later, she fell into one. So she would have like fallen off of a table and really hurt herself. So yeah. And this dog and had, this dog had never been trained to. So he just stepped into that role. Wow. Wow. So awesome. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for speaking with us, Rachel. You're amazing. I love everything you're doing. I love, I just love you. I think your energy is so great. Honestly. I love you too. I love you. We should be close (laughs) with each other so we can be friends. We could see each other. I know. I know. I, um, yeah, there's definitely a connection actually while we were doing this. I was like, oh my God, I'm having deja vu. I feel like we've done this with each other. I know. Right. Maybe we have. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So So, crazy. In a good way though. But I will, Rachel Augusta, she's the modern day Dr. Doolittle. I will leave all of her information below. You can click on it. You can get the free audio track that she was talking about. Listen to that with your pets and call her because she's busy, but she always is willing to help animals um, and people. She just loves to help. And I love that about you. So thank you so much, Rachel, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Julie. It was so much fun. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah. Bye.